Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by In Their Words, out-of-home executives talk about out-of-home. Purchase your copy at billboardinsider.com backslash publications. Today's podcast guest is Jay Johnson, CFO of Lamar Advertising. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you. Good morning, David, and thanks for having me. Jay, you were a real estate banker and the EVP of a hospitality REIT prior to joining Lamar. How did you find your way to Lamar? It's very interesting. You're right. I started out in banking and eventually made my way to the ownership side of the, the REIT business at a company called Host Hotels and Resorts, which is the largest lodging REIT and ultimately became treasurer there. And after a number of years, left there and became CFO at Diamond Rock Hospitality, which was Marriott's second REIT, formed by Marriott. So I effectively went from uh, treasurer at Brick Brother to uh, CFO (laughs) at Little Brother. And about a year into that, got a call from a recruiter about a a company in Baton Rouge called Lamar. (laughs) And Keith East, who was my predecessor, had announced his retirement, and the company decided that they they wanted a CFO with with REIT experience. Mm -hmm. And as I later joked with, with the recruiter, he found the one sitting REIT CFO who was from Louisiana. So, <laughs> so, that, so that's how I found my way to Lamar, yeah, yeah. met Sean, and we talked for a couple of hours in, in an airport conference room and just hit it off. And, mm-hmm. and he encouraged me to come down and meet the team. And at the end of the day, just really liked what I saw. It's been a great move, both personally and professionally. I never thought I'd have the opportunity to return home to Louisiana. And so it's been it's been good, despite uh, most of my tenure having gone through the COVID-19 pandemic. What was the biggest surprise about out-of-home coming into the out-of-home from more of a just a plain real estate background? You know, I think really the resilience of the out-of-home industry, you know, and billboards in particular. I mm-hmm. mean, you look at this past year, it is simply shocking as you look at the rebound that is that has occurred in, in out-of-home and really a testament to the product that we provide as an industry to customers to reach their audiences. So that's really been, you know, the biggest surprise is how resilient it has been. You know, having spent the last decade at Lodging Reach, you can you can mm-hmm. imagine how that side is, is going right now, given the, the COVID-19 pandemic. You just don't see the same amount of resiliency in other REIT asset classes that you see in out of home. I mean, it seems like you guys were down. But, you know, it seems like fourth quarter now, you're, you're able to say, you know, many markets, our comps are showing that we're back where we were or above where we were going into COVID. We are. And as a matter of fact, in Q4, we had 48% margins, which is just phenomenal. Yeah. Our margins in Q1, 41%. And that's a seasonally low mm-hmm. quarter from a margin perspective for us. And that was actually one of the strongest margins in a Q1 on record. So we're feeling pretty good about the world. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as you heard us say on our call, we're, big, we're we're booking business on a daily basis, sometimes in excess of where we're booking on the same day in 2019. So we raised our guidance coming out mm-hmm. of Q1 mm-hmm. based on the strong performance in Q1. And, you know, things continue. I, I think, you know, we'll have a very, very strong year. Jay, how is an out-of-home REIT similar and how is it different from just a regular REIT? Well, I, I think at its core, you know, we, we are real estate. And, and when mm-hmm. you think about what the REIT mandate is, you know, we enter into contracts and we pay a consistent dividend, a stable dividend. So at at its core, that's what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the similarity. And quite frankly, 
I would argue our dividend, and certainly th this has been proven out through, through COVID-19, even though we cut the dividend, we did not suspend the dividend. Mm -hmm. I would say we're paying more consistently than, than other sectors. Where we're different, and, and, and I'll, I'll really juxtapose specifically logic, I think there aren't many industries that aren't being disrupted right now in some shape, form, or fashion, in particular by technology. Mm -hmm. The difference between, I think, out of home and other real estate asset classes that are being disrupted, in particular hospitality, is that we have embraced our disruptors in the out-of-home industry, and we work quite well with our disruptors in the out-of-home industry. And so as consumers shift the way they approach just about everything, you know, really brought on by technology, I think out-of-home has been able to shift and take advantage of that. I had not thought about that, but Airbnb is disrupting everything in hospitality where the technology in out-of-home, the programmatic, the automated buying, is helping bring new buyers into the market. Absolutely. It's quite complementary. And really, just in its earliest stages, if you look at where we are as an out-of-home industry from a technological perspective, and, and we think about programmatic, you know, this is where lodging was 20 years ago when, mm. when mm. hotel companies began distributing their inventory online. So, yeah, we are, I think we have embraced the technology and uh, I think we will benefit from it going forward. Jay, if you could change one thing about the way the investment community thinks about Lamar, what would it be? You know, I, I was brought on really to make some inroads on with real estate investors. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I would change is really having the real estate investor focus on the cash flow of the business. Mm -hmm. Real estate investors typically try to value a company on an, from an NAV perspective. And so they look at net cash flow from, the, from, the, from a property and they apply a cap rate. Mm -hmm. You really can't do that to Lamar's business. And, for, even, and, and for, for some real estate investors, they will run that model for each piece of real estate in a portfolio. Well, you can't do that <laughs> for you know, 80,000 billboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. They, really need, they really need to focus on the EBITDA of the company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it really isn't too dissimilar from lodging REITs. Lodging REITs are valued more so on an EBITDA multiple basis as opposed to an NAV. And so that's the one thing that I'd like to get you know, really get through to real estate investors is that we really need to focus on the EBITDA of the company because that's how we trade. We trade on a multiple of EBITDA as opposed to trying to apply the traditional real estate valuation methodology to, to our business. Mm -hmm. If you're in the out-of-home business or are thinking of starting an out-of-home company, you need, in their words, out-of-home executives talk about out-of-home. This book contains advice from 173 out-of-home executives on getting started, finding good locations, permitting, digital billboards, sales, and much, much more. Jim McLaughlin says lots of great comments and suggestions from the industry's finest. Visit billboardinsider.com backslash publications and order your copy today. Jay, Lamar did an outstanding job responding to COVID. Can you walk us through the process of how you decided to cut expenses and what you did after COVID happened? Yeah, first of all, it, it really was a, a team effort. Teamwork across the board, folks from across Lamar land, all working together to do the right thing for the company and, and for our shareholders. Really, Lamar already had an existing playbook. We had gone through the, the global financial crisis and we had a lot of operating levers to pull. And so we began 
to to draw on on that experience during 08, 09, and, and the entire management team, but for me, was here during that time. And so we really just, we put things in a place that, that we knew were tried and true and what worked. And we knew we had leverage to pull like CapEx. We knew we had flexibility in our ground leases. We knew we had flexibility potentially around our distribution. And so we left no stone unturned. Luckily, we performed on the top line much better than mm-hmm. anyone would have anticipated. But we really went to our 08, 09 playbook and we came through the global financial crisis. And it seems as though we've come through the COVID-19 pandemic now. I also have to, just as, a, as an outside observer, you know, your, your company, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If, if you're asking people to make cuts, you make them at corporate. And I think nothing to me strikes me as more, I don't know, unfair might be too strong a word. But if you're asking the line workers to take cuts and corporate hasn't taken cuts, that's a problem. But it seems like Lamar, when it's time to tighten the belts, everyone tightens the belts. And that means that means corporate as much as as the direct production people. No, absolutely. It was it was all hands on deck. Everyone mm-hmm. chipped in. We made some difficult decisions. One of the things that that I'm you know proud of is that you know none of the named executives took a cash bonus last year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I look at some of my counterparts in, mm-hmm. in the lodging industry, and I, I'm I'm somewhat shocked mm-hmm. at some of the retention bonuses and things that were that were paid. So I think you know it, it really is a testament to to the the steady hand of, of the Riley family as mm-hmm. well. We're in it for the long haul. This is a this is a, a the long game, and I think all of Lamar associates know that and they're in it for the long haul as well. Jay, what is sustainable leverage for an out-of-home company? How do we think about that? You know, I, I think it, it really depends on, you know, the investment mandate of the organization. But, you know, when you think about out-of-home, we are closely tied to GDP mm-hmm. and how the economy operates. And that leads to um, a little more uh, potentially volatility in our earnings. And so, it would be very prudent to run lower leverage. From our perspective, our target is between three and a half to, to four times. Mm-hmm. We ticked above that for a moment in time during the pandemic. We finished Q1 right at four times. And really with a full year of COVID-19 EBITDA in our LTM calculation now, that should begin to trend down for the balance of the year. And we should, we should finish the year handily below four. So I, you know, I think, you know, we feel as though operating that three and a half to four times is is optimal. Mm-hmm. It allows us to go through the cycle, to do a number of things. One, to not have to issue equity, which we did not have to do during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two, to to sustain our dividend, which we were we were able to do. Right, mm-hmm. we did cut it, but we sustained the dividend. And then three, hopefully, pay a little offense when those times of disruption come about. So so we're fans of, of, of lower leverage, you know, for Lamar, it really is about protecting the balance sheet. We view our balance sheet as a strategic advantage. And I think you're seeing that play itself out certainly over the last 14 months. Clearly, coming out of the pandemic, you've been able to lead first with resuming your CapEx, with signaling that you're back in the acquisitions market, where some of the some of the other out of home companies are a little more strapped, they they maybe don't have as many options. That that's exactly right. I mean, it, it became pretty clear to us that late last year that our business was doing well, 
despite the pandemic. And so we basically got more aggressive around CapEx and acquisitions late last year. Mm-hmm. And in 2021, we're hoping for what I would call a more regular way, Lamar year around CapEx and acquisitions. Q1, as you probably heard me say on the call, you know, acquisitions were a little light, mm-hmm. just given sort of a little bit of a delta between buyers and sellers. But we are starting to see that pipeline feel. And we are, we are still pretty optimistic that it will be an active year for us mm-hmm. on the acquisition front. As CFO, you need to think about and mitigate risks. Jay, what risks are you thinking about right now? I mean, obviously, financial risk, right? For me, it's about protecting the balance sheet. And I, I think we've done that. It's a great example of, of teamwork, uh, doing what's right, sort of, sort of staying in our lane, so to speak. But aside from financial risk, we're thinking about cyber, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It should be at the top of of every management team and board's mind with the things that are going on. We've all seen what's happened with the Colonial Pipeline in the last week. So we're starting to think about, think very seriously about cyber and what that means and, and really what it means for our digital network. So that's, you know, if, there, if there's one that keeps me up at night, I think we've mitigated the financial risk mm-hmm. quite well. If there's one that keeps me up at night, it's cyber, but we, we are, we're doing our best and we're mobilizing to take it head on. It seems like, you know, it's been a few years since we've had a digital billboard hack, but there have been some hacks. And so to me, password protection protocol, securing, securing local access to the sign, that all is hugely important. Absolutely. And, and we, are, we have a world-class IT organization, and they're all over it. But we can't rest on our laurels. We have to be vigilant. We have to stay one step ahead of the bad actors and and keep evolving as technology evolves. Mm-hmm. Jay, what does the out-of-home industry have to do, the U.S. out-of-home industry, to create more opportunities for minorities? You know, I think we, we need to make out-of-home, make the minority community aware of the out-of-home industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of awareness. I know the OAAA is working very diligently with their diversity efforts, and Lamar is working with them in, in that effort as well. I think when you think about diversity, and this is, this is not unique to the out-of-home industry. It's all about pipeline. We need to build a pipeline of, of capable associates, employees, and executives so that when there are opportunities that you have minorities, women, underrepresented minorities that are, that are capable and ready to fill those roles. And so it really starts at you know, looking within your organization and saying, okay, where is our leadership pipeline? Does that come from the sales organization? Does it come through the finance organization? Where does it come? And making making sure that we have minorities in that pipeline, if you will, so that when there are leadership opportunities, they have the right training, the right background, and they're capable to step in and be successful in those roles. Mm-hmm. I want to add, I want to circle back. You mentioned before acquisitions. You know, Lamar has historically done about $200 million in acquisitions, cut it back during COVID to $46 million, and a little bit light in the first quarter. But can you talk a little more, expand a little more on the current market? Are you seeing? There didn't seem to me, Jay, to be a lot of distressed selling in the middle of COVID. But what are you seeing? Are you seeing, are you seeing a pipeline? What's the market like right now? Yeah, so the, so the pipeline is accelerating. Q1 was light. In the last several weeks, we're starting to see more opportunities. But but you picked up, you hit something that's really critical here, is that you know you look at our margins and you look at where Lamar operates. At the onset of of COVID nineteen, everyone thought that there would be distress amongst the middle market independent out of home operators, 
And quite frankly, they have done okay. They've done just as well as we have when mm-hmm. you think about, you know, if they're if they are in our markets. And so you're right, there is no distress. There is no gun to anyone's head. And so I think a lot of I think a lot of sellers, potential sellers, are taking the view I'll wait until I get back to, you know, twenty nineteen levels before I test the waters around potentially disposing of assets. Mm-hmm. That's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Jay. Well, thank you, Dave. I really appreciate it and look forward to meeting you in person someday soon when we're when we're past this <laughs> pandemic. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by In Their Words, out-of-home executives talk about out-of-home. Visit billboardinsider.com backslash publications and order your copy today. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting billboardinsider.com or subscribing to the Billboard Insider podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is billboardinsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple weeks.